0: Stinger, save the Earth from an alien snack attack! And welcome to Nostalgia, a chronological exploration of every NES game released in North America. I'm Mike. I'm Joe. And I'm Sean. Guys, we got a fun one today. Uh, Stinger on the NES, because that's all we ever do. I never really say the console. (laughs) I usually just say the game. (laughs) On the PS2. (laughs) Right. I've been playing so much uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 on PS4. You have to see, you always have to say the game. And then the console
1: going forward. Right. You're really late to the game
0: with that one, aren't you, yeah, Well, you know, uh, it's no secret to a lot of people that we publish uh, That game the came out
1: three years ago. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: Honestly, probably, right? Like knowing how uh, What are we back, like? We...
2: Uh, can we say how many episodes ahead we are? We are many episodes. We're like 20? 20, right? 20, yeah. yeah. For sure. 50? 100? But, yeah,
0: but also these are old games. They're not gonna not. Right. They're not gonna yeah. change their
2: relevancy. <laughs> no, I, I think might. it's like the the window is closing for Stinger. In
0: 2019, it wasn't an essential game, but it might be in 2020. <laughs> right. you know, like that's, people are gonna want to re-review on Mighty Bomb Jack. <laughs> like, that wasn't fair. They recorded that episode in 2018. <laughs> anyway, guys, we're talking about Stinger, which is the second game in the long-running quirky shooter series. Uh, <laughs> Twin B. Now, did you guys know that this was a sequel?
2: No. I had no idea.
0: Well, it's good that you didn't know that, because that sequel, I would have accused you of like looking at Wikipedia, had you have known that <laughs> Don't <iteration>. we all, <laughs> though?
1: Like, sh- shouldn't we? <laughs> I know. Well, that's
0: the joke. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Twin B is a, a series from Konami uh, that started in the arcade, got a Famicom-only release uh, for the first game, and then went uh, under the twin B name in Japan as well for this game in Japan for 1986 before coming to America. This is the only game in the entire twin B series that com- comes to America and it doesn't even get the name twin B in
1: it. Well, I think they, I think it's a cooler name. Like it's, it's more, uh, it's more awesome. Stinger. <laughs> and, uh, I think they picked the right game to port to, to or, or, to, uh, localize.
0: Okay. I- I'd love to hear more about that later. Joe, any thoughts on this whole like twin B thing?
2: I mean, not not so much. I I, I didn't play the original Twin B, but I'm interested to see what what is different from it in this. But uh, but otherwise, I yeah, going into it without knowing it's a sequel it doesn't feel like a sequel. This, it doesn't. Yeah,
0: yeah, this is the first time we're playing a sequel uh, of any kind on the NES, and we don't even know that it's a sequel. Well.
2: Uh, yeah, this, this
1: game, uh, they weren't going to throw us into the middle of some a yeah, like like, story or a <laughs> day Kojima sort <laughs> right. of thing. So <laughs> right. I think yeah. we're okay.
0: Konami Kojima. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it could happen. And also, uh, i you know, we have to talk about the fact that Konami made this game and they're back at it with another shmup because we had Gradius from yeah. them, which we all unanimously loved. Uh, I still love Gradius. I haven't changed my feelings for that one at all. But um, maybe we could just talk a little bit, for those who didn't hear the Gradius episode at length, just maybe a little recap of why we liked Gradius so much.
1: Uh, it had a lot of polish. It it felt faster than like the uh, console seemed to allow. It felt like not quite a next-gen game, but it felt like something more, uh, not futuristic, but you know what I mean. Yeah, no,
0: there was a yeah. lot more mechanics than we had been used right. to in, yeah. in a game.
1: It was, was- deeper... It had uh, it had like a consistent tone throughout the whole game. It was it was just a fun game. Joe, anything,
2: Dad? Yeah, I mean, I think just on top on top of it, like looking polished, like actually visually looking polished. It was also just like the gameplay mechanics were, I, I think, just deeper than anything we've played so far. I mean, I, I think I'm just kind of repeating what Sean. No, said, yeah, and I,
0: I think it also comes down to just player choice. Yeah. I think that like there there was a there was the first time ever where you could be like. Oh no! I'm I'm gonna do this instead. I'm gonna save up for this power up instead of this power up. And you know, I think you know we all voted Gradius as an essential game, and I'm sure everybody's anxious to see how we're gonna vote for Stinger. But before we talk about voting at all, we need to talk about um, the game. Yeah, the game at all. So let's get into
2: our first impressions for Stinger. Uh, Who wants to go first? I go first. All right, Joe. Um, What do you got? Well, my my very initial impression was that the art looked really clean and neat, but it something about this art style, I think I've mentioned this before, makes me feel like it's a children's game, like a little kid's game. And I think it's just association with, I think we we talked about like like Leapfrog or one of those like, one of those like handheld like preschool games that like, you know what I'm talking about? I remember yeah. that. And yeah, it's got yeah. like that style or like some kind of browser game, Um, but it doesn't feel like one of those games. But I think for somebody like myself that doesn't really, isn't a big fan of these kind of like shmups, I had a lot of fun with this. I thought this was like, you know, jumping right into it, I was like, "Oh, this is this is more than what I thought it was going to be as just like a regular shoot 'em up."
0: Yeah, and the and the childish thing it doesn't help when like you're fighting like hangers. Right. Yeah. And, well, definitely, uh, it's and the like the boss yeah. is a watermelon. You it, know? it definitely <laughs> kind
2: of comes to that. Like that, that childish thing is like sort of a, a quirky little style that they're deliberately doing it and that kind of makes it fun
0: i think that's a that's a twin b thing in general guys just so that everybody knows it's they were always going for a cartoon like approach with that one as opposed to gradius because they do have to be like two separate things right right? you can't have like twin b is just uh the horizontal version of gradius like or the vertical Mm -hmm. version of gradius because that doesn't you know that's not enough Mm -hmm.
1: uh sean first impressions uh when i looked ahead uh to see what we'd be playing uh this month uh, I saw Stinger and I you know, I looked at the Wikipedia page and I looked at some screenshots and I'm like, great, another piece of shovelware that I'm just not going to care about and I'm going to play it for a half hour so I can, I can like at least get a, a feel for how I'm going to shit on this game. And uh, then I played it and I didn't stop playing it for several hours. And I, again, like we talked about this with Gradius, but I'm also not a fan of shmups in general but I think that there's just so much going on. Like there, there are just the mechanics are used uh, in such a creative way that like you can you can just have fun with this for a long time. And I think that with Gradius, like the reputation sort of preceded it, whereas with Stinger, it just caught me completely by surprise.
0: I'm gonna echo those
1: thoughts completely.
0: Uh, I didn't know until I started up the game that this was a Konami thing, and I didn't know about the Twin B thing either. Uh, I had heard Twin Bee referenced a lot because I think it is big in Japan. Uh, we'll go into the whole franchise later in the show. We always cover that stuff. But I think for me, what caught what caught my eye was actually that cartoon stuff. Like I started noticing, like the enemies are actually like household objects mm-hmm. or or donuts or yeah. like you know like like really weird things. And I think I was, like, enjoying myself, and then uh, once I got to the first boss, I was like, oh, this is actually, like... It's like a, a bullet hell. Yeah, yeah. and it's also, like, it's a creative style for, like, a boss. It doesn't yeah. feel like... I don't feel as... You know, remember in Gradius, we always said that the death felt earned, but I definitely felt it was a challenging game. I think uh, Stinger, right off the bat, felt too easy for me, and then, like was good about teaching me, like, how to get better at the game as each level got harder.
1: Yeah, because it does get harder. It does get harder,
0: absolutely. Uh, Okay, cool. So let's just talk real fast how to play. And I don't mean, like, actually, like, don't read me the manual or anything like that, but... Just a little bit about Stinger uh, as a horizontal and vertical shmup because it does both styles. You know, we've had 1942, which was vertical, and we've had Gradius, which was horizontal, so this one kind of has a little bit of both.
1: Yeah, I think that uh, anybody that's played one or the other kind of shmup, vertical or horizontal, will immediately pick up on the controls of this game. It's It's not advanced uh, or, or expert. Yeah. You you just, you move and you shoot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, your, your goal, uh, while, as well as just, you know, shooting the enemies of whatever household object or, you know, or CDs or maybe there are records. I don't know. Um, your, your goal is also to, uh, get your power ups through bells, which is an interesting mechanic, um, where you sort of have to use this risk reward, um, uh, decision-making of whether you want to keep that bell up in the air for a while or if you need to focus more about not getting shot. Um, and, yeah, every level has, like, a very a very unique boss at the end with uh, which sort of uh, works differently depending on who you're fighting. It's not just uh, some guy with more hit points or yeah. something along those lines. Um, so, yeah, the, uh, the whole difficulty
2: curve and uh, fun curve – it goes up. Yeah. yeah. And and just to expand on the, the bell thing, which I thought was just like the, the one of the most unique mechanics about this game, is that in order to get a power-up, you have to either shoot at these bells that fall out of clouds, and every time you shoot at it, it bounces it up, and you basically just have to juggle it until it turns a certain color, and then, it's, then it will give you a power-up based on the color it turns, which I thought was really interesting because, like you said, Sean, it's like a lot of times I found myself focusing too much on the bell and like, Oh oh no. Like now there's like enemies that I'm yeah, not even paying attention I'm to because I'm trying to juggle these bells and like get them to the right color. So it really adds like another layer of like, if you want the power ups, which if you get enough of these power ups, like you become, you You're become OP. a power out, yeah. a powerhouse <laughs> in this game. It feels good. Yes. Um, so I thought that was like a really, a really interesting way of doing it. And even there's like even other like mechanics to help you juggle the, you know, other than just shooting it. Like there's, in the side scrolling, there's yeah. like other ways to do it. Yep. Which I actually At- used a lot. I don't know. You, you guys gave me a look like maybe you didn't use it so no, much. No, I, but- I
0: used it. I used it quite a bit too. Uh, there, you know, because there is there's two forms of attack here. One to attack. Uh, I think it's the B button lets you actually attack enemies that are on the screen. But then there's also like. Each world, each stage is like a, a different location. I know there's like – everybody loves to reference the pyramids yeah. in NES games for some reason. It's like Egypt yeah. is just the I was most amazing. I'm surprised there
2: were no Mo- Mo- uh, Moai heads. Yeah, where were the Moai <laughs> – where was Easter Island yeah. as, a, as a whole
0: thing? But we did go to like the universe. So uh, at, yeah. the, at the <laughs> we end of the went, universe of the yeah. universe. Where were we before? It's described as the universe. <laughs> in, in the, in the, like I think that's very strange that it's like we weren't there before, but now we're yeah. there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you go to all these incredible places, and like you know, the sphinxes are shooting at you from the ground, and so you have to use your secondary uh, weapon, which is kind of like a, a lock-on material. It's like thing. a bomb kind of thing. Yeah, right? like a bomb yeah. uh, that has a very specific like it tells you where it's going to shoot as you shoot
2: it. Yeah,
1: Specifically in the vertical vertical portions,
2: right? Yes, because in, in the, the hor- yeah in the horizontal, that button is a heart. Yeah. Then which, shoots upwards. which really, only, I think, yeah, only helps you juggle the it's bells, only right? For bells, yes, yeah. yeah. But because, I use that a lot because then you could switch between you can be shooting things in front of you and keeping a bell right above you yeah. makes it a little easier to multi-task. juggling.
1: Juggling is, I think, one of the the key words in this game. Yes, <laughs> uh,
0: but you know, yeah it it's very it's very obvious. Like both uh, Sean and Joe have said, if you know shmups, you know that this is essentially just. Clearing waves of enemies as you scroll through the stage, and then finally being greeted by a boss before going to the next stage. That's not to say that it's too simple or too repetitive. We'll get into that. But I just I think that that's a general gist of how to play Stinger.
1: There you go. All
0: right, guys. So let's do a little bit of the manual here. And I really just want to focus on the story because I, I think that the story in this one, funny enough, it was changed. Okay, this is all uh, American only. <laughs> uh, if you play the Japanese version, it's not really, it's a much more advanced story. There's actually a, a cut scene where three fighter pilots like talk to each other and explain like... In the some, Japanese in one. In the
1: Japanese one. And, and that was removed from this one. Because the, the American version is basically just a simplified aerial version of Schoon. <laughs> where they just want to eat yeah. us, yeah. but instead of eating man meat, they eat. Uh, they just turn us into into tasty treats. Yeah, yeah but cotton candy, right? Yeah, yeah, cotton candy.
0: But you know, in the opening cutscene for the game, the I don't aliens. Know what's happening. The aliens go <laughs> yeah. to the Konami headquarters. Is that Konami. It's, it, it, is it says a sign, Konami. Like, like uh, at in, the sign.
2: in the image there's a sign that's like that says Konami. That's like, oh, actually oh, like wow. a part of the, the the picture.
0: And and the craziest part is is that okay. So they're attacking the Konami headquarters, which is
2: new for this
0: American (laughs) version, right? But then also, why does the Konami headquarters look so alien?
2: Yeah, it looks like a flying saucer itself, and then a flying saucer comes down. Yeah, I didn't know what I was looking
1: at. I just know that like a... Uh, a weird-looking dude got kidnapped. Yeah, well, Konami's I, top yeah, scientist.
0: Konami's top scientist. Which I, I talked to Joe about this before the show. I think it's so funny that like a scientist works at a video game headquarters, like as if they make the games with test tubes. You know, they're like hmm, <laughs> find the right amount of of gameplay balance, the fun yeah. chemical. But they do steal. Uh, his name is Doctor Cinnamon uh <laughs> according to the manual so i think that that's pretty sexy yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta rescue dr cinnamon from
2: a watermelon
0: and a saxophone yeah uh, yeah it's
2: so great people are looking this up right now to make sure we're not just making it up like it's, if this yeah, posts on april 1st or so I, I know would, it says something else but it's a saxophone
0: i would highly recommend like the youtube version of this one because uh you would get <laughs> to see all the crazy stuff we're talking about as we talk about it uh and then also uh one more thing about like the whole like the plot and everything like that is you know, that's it. Like you <laughs> a scientist has been kidnapped and now we have to travel throughout the entire universe yeah. just to get him back. What did he mm-hmm. have? I mean, it is
2: nice though that it's not like a princess or your girlfriend, which has been done like a trillion times well, since like these games. The beginning since we started time. playing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but since we started playing even these NES games, like every game is like the same thing. If so I it's so call. different now. <laughs>
1: If I recall correctly, I believe that they were trying to zap a recipe out of his head. Okay, uh, that would
0: make sense he's Dr. Cinnamon.
1: Yeah. Uh to, to you know to turn the earth into cotton candy. Why does he have that recipe? I don't know, but yeah. it's in his head and they need to zap it out. <laughs> right, I of course. I think that's yes. the word they used.
0: Yeah, I think I have here just a little they're, they're called the Attackons or the <laughs> Aliens. Um, and they're scheming to zap the professor's brain retrieving his secret Bionuclear sweetener formula. <laughs> there it is.
1: There it so, is. So
0: it's a little it's a little Gradius meets burger time. <laughs> I think a
1: lot of the like the localization teams in these early NES games just had to be, you know, having just having the time of their lives. Just like <laughs> I'm gonna I'm yeah. gonna call them the attachons. <laughs> yeah. And the bionuclear something Shit, man. (laughs)
0: Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's it's true. I I think it's funny that the Japanese just had a totally different story, and they were like, screw it. (laughs) Let them do what they need to do. There's got to be a reason hangers are in this game. (laughs) Okay, that's the story. We're not going to do any more on that.
1: They come to okay. They come to listen to this for deep lore. Right? Yeah,
0: <laughs> we always deliver on the deep lore, don't we? I always want to know what's happening. Uh, and and speaking of happening, uh, you know, they don't waste any time. The uh, gameplay goes right into the horizontal shmup is the first one. Uh, and what's interesting about that, and this is where we get into the whole Twin B thing, is that the first game Twin B had no horizontal stages whatsoever. Twin B was a vertical shmup. Through and through. That's the made that's what made it the difference between Gradius. Now you have, you know, this horizontal stage where you have to juggle the bells in front of you while also, you know, attacking the enemies. But it doesn't feel as um it doesn't feel as polished to me no. as the vertical stages.
1: But let's oh, just I I like the the horizontal stages more.
0: Oh, you like the horizontal stages more? Yeah. Okay. We'll talk about that a little later. Let's just talk about the horizontal stages in general, since you like them. Maybe you tell me a little bit about, uh, you know, what what was it? What was pleasing about going through the horizontal
1: stages? Well, I think that the horizontal stages have a one thing. We'll say about this game in general is it it doesn't have as much polish as Gradius, and we're, we're, this is going to come up. At you might as well any say time, it so I may as well That's say right. it now like this is a more uh it's not more jank it just looks more sketched m- more like a sketch instead of like a finished uh a, a finished piece um than Gradius but one thing I'll say is that I did like the art more in the side scrolling portions where there's like a horizon and you know it just it was more pleasing to the eye for me um you
2: said ingredients.
1: I'm comparing the the sort of art style in within Stinger of the side-scrolling portions to the vertical-scrolling portions. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, the fact that you get to see like the pyramids in the side-scrolling ones, and again, uh, for some reason, every city in these NES games is just littered with gigantic crosses. Um, <laughs> yes. In, in, in the cityscape, but um, yeah, I th- I just like that more than the weird blobs on the. Uh, on the ground in the horiz in, in the vertical scrolling portions.
0: Got it. And, and and in terms of like fighting enemies, did you find it easier on the horizontal stages than the vertical stages? Was
1: it was it more fun? I think that since j- just by virtue of the fact that you're on a four by three uh, television, you have more space to see where the enemies are coming from uh, when you're scrolling horizontally mm-hmm. than in the vertical scrolling ones. Uh, they, they they sort of it seems to travel faster when you're uh, going up as opposed to going right. See,
0: I liked I liked attacking the enemies on the on the horizontal one for sure. It was you had more time to kind of like you know, in these games you're always anticipating where your enemy is going to be, not where mm-hmm. it currently is. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I had more time to kind of think about that in the uh horizontal one because they were always coming pretty much with the with the exception of the final stage, they're always coming from the right. So you uh, you know you always have a chance to kind of like think about your attack. Whereas in the um, vertical stages, you have like sometimes they come from like the bottom of the you know they always come from the left and right, but they come from the bottom or they come from top down. It's like uh, there was a lot more ambush going on. Yeah. But I would say that if if the main idea of this game is that is that you're trying to get through waves of enemies while also balancing this power up mechanic, I thought that that was a lot more fleshed out and done better in the vertical stages than the horizontal stages. It just didn't feel like, especially knowing that Twinbee originated as a vertical thing, it felt like the horizontal stages were just kind of added as an afterthought. Like, hmm. like this will surely work using the exact same mechanics and rules as the vertical stages without any changes.
2: Interesting. I can see why you think that, like why you feel that way, because it, do, it does feel like there's, and I don't know if I necessarily think, say it felt like to me there was more to the To the vertical stages. Um, But it it just, to me, it felt like it was a good difference between the two of them. Like, I kind of liked, I don't know if I have a preference. I just liked that it switched up to, like, oh, now you got to think about the things on the ground, or now you have to think about using those hearts to your advantage like it was just like enough of a difference between it regardless of whether you're going vertically or horizontally it keeps it from getting stale exactly
0: yeah yeah i'm not a twin bee purist i'm not saying that like oh they, they should have only had vertical stages i too enjoyed like going back between them and it's not like it's abab like sometimes it's like two horizontal stages and then a vertical stage yeah. so I, I you know i didn't mind it i i think personally that the the layout of the game and the rules of the game worked better in the vertical stages than the horizontal one. That's my only, I guess, like, note on that. Okay. And then, uh, you know, let's talk about the the bells because that's pretty much like how you get the power-ups. That, that change of, like, the change in colors, it is set on the vertical stages, but on the horizontal stages, it's not set to a number, so on the uh, at least in at least with me, I I might be going crazy here, but I'm I felt like I should bring this up on the show. In the vertical stages, every five it'll change color. So hit it five times, it changes to blue. Hit it five more times, it changes to white. Hit it five more times, it changes to red. So on and so forth. When you go to the horizontal stages, it seemed in it seemed random. It seemed yeah, like it, I think it was, and um, it also doesn't determine like you don't know which color is going to show next.
1: I think uh, because the you're always, I feel like just because you're always going to be shooting under a bell, if you've hit a cloud, they had to make it a little more difficult for you to get some to get something good. Because I was, when I first started the game, I, I didn't read the manual before I started, so I didn't know what the bells were doing. I was like, oh, I guess... That, that just popped up yeah, and like easy something. 500 yeah, points right. Right. Yeah. yeah that's what so, i thought too uh because you're just gonna keep incidentally shooting these bells maybe that was like a balance thing um right.
2: and, and i think yeah. another thing that makes it a little a little more difficult is that we haven't really mentioned that when you you hit it however many times and it turns mm-hmm. blue it's only blue for that, if you hit it again, yeah. it'll turn back Resets. to whatever, yellow. Or it's original yep. color where it gives you nothing. So, like, you can't just spam it. You have to, like, notice, like, it turns blue. Stop shooting it immediately because your next one is going to go away.
1: And if this doesn't, like, sound like anything right now, uh, basically, if you... Th- there are these bells that will fall out of, like, you know, the scenery. Um, and then if you shoot them, they sort of do that that hop slash pop that the uh, the cans do in Duck Hunt. Uh, yes. I feel like no, this is, in, uh, it's a very similar... In, in... No, no, I'm duck not doing that. It was, the, it was um, Hogan's Alley. Um, Hogan's Hogan's that's right. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, that's what I meant. Um, but it, it felt very similar to that. I love a good Duck Hunt reference. <laughs> <laughs> Even if it's wrong. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> <Just get> so, <laughs> the so that's written. what we mean by, like, trying to juggle these things. Yeah.
0: yeah. And, and I, think, I think that's a unique mechanic, especially the color-changing thing, because there's the risk-reward that you guys were talking about between, like, it's blue now, and that really doesn't do too much for me. I'd rather have the white bell. But if I hit the blue bell again, I have to wait for the cycle to change again. So I might just be stuck with 500 points because yeah. it's not right. like you can just easily juggle those things. Right. Anybody who's,
2: uh, who's played this game knows that there's a, you're going to drop yeah. a lot of them. Yeah, and then know? sometimes more come on screen, which you think would be good because you could drop one. But then you lose track of like, wait, which one did I hit 10 times? It's like when you get the multi-ball
1: and breakout. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah,
2: you think it's a good thing that now you have three balls,
1: but uh, <laughs> you, <to> you don't. <laughs> um, <laughs> you just don't watch any of them. Exactly.
0: <laughs> and and I just wanted to talk about the enemies for uh, a hot minute here because they start off like. We talked about uh, there's some donuts and like some fruit and stuff at the beginning. The second stage has like normal stuff like turtles and jellyfish.
1: That's normal, I guess. Yeah,
0: and then like <laughs> no, but then the third stage it just gets out of control. It's there's a shoe yeah, that, yeah. that chomps on you, and there's there's a uh, a pair of scissors, but like those those like scissors that you use outside. Scissors are, are in- the hedge clippers.
1: Scissors or hedge clippers are inherently intimidating. So
0: and and then my favorites, uh, hanger. Which is just a hanger. And then also, like, what I have to imagine is a shower head with water actually
2: coming out of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, these like, things are just getting ridiculous. Um, it kind of reminded me a little bit of uh, the feeling I had for Kung Fu. The first level was, like, people. And the second level were, like, dragons and snakes. Potted plants. And, yeah, plant,
0: yeah, pots. And, yeah. Yep. And it doesn't even end there, too, because then you get into, like, stage four has, like, TVs yeah uh and telephones and an
1: iron <laughs> this game is all about uh the developer's fear of technology and and just <laughs> and just domestic living. I yeah, think that's uh, what yeah, he was trying the, to say yeah,
2: yeah the, that's yeah. obvious,
0: and how we're being controlled by our products <laughs> exactly um and you know just a, a shout out to the name of all of these stages because nobody would ever know them, but since I'm looking at the manual here, we have the Donbury Island, which is the first stage, then the Lamayadora kingdom. For the stage two. Uh, And then what you think is Egypt is actually the Aldorado province. Aldorado? The Aldorado province. (laughs) Like a Chevy Aldorado? I I guess so. (laughs) Uh, Because then from there it just starts to get nonsensical. It's the Erururu Fusuhuku country. (laughs) Just country, country, <laughs> yes, which is also just an ice country. But, but it's like this is this is like the whole idea of like you're not on earth, like you're traveling <laughs> to all these crazy planets to, to no, retrieve it's Dr. all on Cinnamon. the same
1: planet, you have to, you, you're on oh, the same yeah, planet, oh, yeah, that's true, yeah, and yeah, you this leave is all... the space to the universe, yeah,
0: and then the Zamab, the Zamabi kingdom, and then the last one is literally just LPU equals and then an upside down L. Otherwise known as the Gamma Empire,
2: (laughs) but but I kid you not—they actually (laughs) do that. Yeah, it's in parentheses, Gamma.
0: Like it must be their language empire, and I love it. I think that that's so funny. And then Stage Seven, of course, the Universe. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But we got ahead of ourselves. Uh, You know, we were talking about the power-ups there for a minute. I'd love to just kind of get back to that because you guys are talking about being a powerhouse in this game. And I, I couldn't agree more. Once you get that
1: triple shot, yeah. it spreads out between yeah. the three different waves. Triple shot, then following with ghosts. Yeah, and
2: if you have the long shot and the triple shot, the long shot which just shoots through everything. Oh, the laser. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, la- yeah, yeah. yeah. I just call it. And the, what's want. funny about
0: the laser too is like I'd prefer the triple shot throughout most of the you know because of that spread. It attacks everything yeah. above in the center and below you. And I, I'd prefer that for like the um, the normal like wave of enemies. But then, like, the laser is so good for the bosses. Yeah.
2: Well, I didn't... I liked the laser when you had... Because you can have two, yeah, ghost ships, I guess. Two other ships following you. Yep. When you have the laser for that, then it's like... Yeah, it's not as much you as if you had three miss. spread shots. But there's just three lasers there. yeah <laughs> And it just... I do want to You're make a, like a,
0: a shout out, I guess, for getting those uh, ghosts because that takes a lot of hits on a bell. Oh, so. I didn't
1: get the ghosts. I watched somebody
0: get oh, the ghosts. Oh, okay. I, I, was I say.
2: got the ghosts on the first level and carried it away, but then I never was able to get it. That's probably the best way again. to yeah. do it
0: because the first level is so relaxed. Right. Uh, I would say too easy. Right. It actually took it,
1: me several playthroughs just to realize how the bells worked. Well, yeah. I didn't have any power ups for a while. Yeah, I made it
2: to the <laughs> fifth level with without knowing what the bells did. And then. I learned what the bells did, and I was like, "I got to go back to the beginning." <laughs> I've been playing because on I hard was like, mode. "This is yeah." It was it was pretty hard. Like, yeah. and then when I had the power ups, I was like, "Well, this is a lot easier than what I was doing." Like, mm-hmm. uh, and I still only made it to the fifth level, but so it didn't really <laughs> give me better results. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. but it was a lot. I I blew through the bosses that took me a long time without the power ups, almost to a point where I was like, a little bit like some of these bosses are a little too easy now with these power ups. But I would say
0: you know just as someone who played the game a lot that if you um if you don't have power-ups later on in the game it's really tough at, to get through the waves of enemies yeah. the bosses are still relatively easy they're they're fun but they are all definitely doable with just your main ship you don't necessarily yeah. need any power-ups i was able to be I still had trouble with them but I was able to beat every boss. Uh, I would say that the uh, the one I called the saxophone. That's actually a faucet. It's a saxophone. Yeah, I thought it was a faucet too. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a faucet thing. But like, anyway, I think it's a saxophone. I think that's better. (laughs) Um, and it makes sense, right? I mean, we got all Yeah, bubbles out of a saxophone, right?
2: I just, I, kind of like faucet just because it's. I feel like it's even weirder than (laughs) saxophone. It's like so weird. (laughs) Just, just a running faucet. What if I told you that the faucet's name was also Fang? Whoa. That, because that that's that makes name. even like, more sense. The it's manual so felt the need to like name them all,
0: so you have Willie the Watermelon Head, and he's the first boss. And I love his thing because, like you said earlier, it was like a bullet hell thing. <laughs> but like the spread out is enough that you can like weave yeah, through it. Yeah. And I love that that was like fair and not like oh you just hang out in the top left and wait for mm-hmm. him to stop shooting that stuff.
1: Fucking volcanoes.
0: Yeah, those volcanoes from uh, Gradius definitely reminded me of that. And then the upside down volcanoes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then you have uh, Sigmund Squidmund, who yes. was like the um, you the, know the octopus yeah. guy. Right. Yeah, but he, I I thought he was like a
2: meatball.
1: Well, I mean, do meatballs shoot out? They're actually, it was like a meatball with rice.
2: Yeah, that was the one that I particularly found. <laughs> I thought it was it had a. A decent challenge when I didn't know about the power ups, but then when I went back with the power ups, it was like three hits. It was like almost like two. Yeah, the laser, like, will, yeah, the laser
0: will take him out easily. And you can also shoot down his, uh, the, this his tentacles. I guess that's right. what those are. You can shoot those down, so you can essentially just block his attacks and then shoot him when he's open. Yeah. yeah. So I thought that was weird. Easy peasy. Um, Fang is really tough
2: because he only has he only has an opening on his mouth. Yeah,
1: and the bubbles can become a bit of a headache. Is that
2: the one where there's like the rotating line of bubbles? Or no, is that the next? It's the pink one? No, bubbles. that's later. That's an yeah. okay. easier
1: one for
0: right. me. Yeah, the pink bubbles. And then uh, who do we have next? Oh, Luther.
1: That's who, the guy with the rotating. Gotcha. Yeah. Thing. So did
2: you guys for that one? Did you guys hide in the corner? No, okay. I just went around. That's what I did. I was going circle. around in a circle. But then when I was watching a playthrough later, the guy just went in the corner and he, we were untouchable, which mm-hmm. I didn't think was well, possible. I That's didn't but think it was, so either. It was, you don't need to do yeah. that. It yeah. was fun to kind of you shoot while you can, and then the, and then the sword or whatever the heck it is comes around, and you have to like kind of race it around again and have time to shoot. Like I feel like that would have been. You just a take the inside track,
1: yeah, easy peasy,
2: exactly. But but it's like you have you have like <laughs> you have some time right to up. shoot. The thing comes around. You got you got. I it did test my luck
1: a bit, um, trying to outrun that guy.
0: I like how I said, and then we have Luther, and everybody was like, "Yeah, yeah, Luther, yeah, Luther, the Luther, robot the, head." Yeah, they're like the—I don't know what he's supposed to be. I'm going to say he's supposed to be a computer, uh, but he also looks like a robot. He's—it he's, looks like he's measuring like amplitude on like stuff. <laughs> so like, who knows? Because then you have Master Blaster, who's actually just a boombox. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I—I I didn't hate or like that one. I thought yeah, that was I actually like fair, the least creative one out of the batch. Uh, and you then, have to hit him in the speakers. Yeah, you have to hit him in the speakers. Uh, where it hurts, of course. Yeah, you know. Exactly. Um, and then Solar B three eyes, which was that sun. And I thought that was so random. It's like we had so many cool bosses yeah, and now we like have the objects. sun. But he's completely avoidable.
1: Yeah. He just goes
0: up and down. You, you can always, you can always get
1: his little projectiles if we just move over to the left while he's farther away. And then you come back and shoot him in the face.
0: I thought he should have done something a little more... Um, a little more, like, dangerous, like, move around in, like, a circle like the other guy did, Mm -hmm. or uh, Luther. Uh, You know, like, I thought something should have happened there, but it was was disappointing that that stage is so hard, and he's just a a pretty easy boss at the end of it. And I think it's just a theme in general for this game is that the bosses are pretty easy, but I like them all. Yeah, they're all very well
2: designed. um,
1: Yeah, they're unique. They make you play the game differently.
0: And uh, last but not least, we have the... um, the attack on Emperor, who is like a
1: a disguised a dragon. dragon. Yeah,
0: he's like a yeah, he's a dragon who's essentially like his power is homing attack. He just uh yeah. he just reaches out for you. He tries to eat the ship alive.
1: I honestly, I, I beat him. I beat him after a very long time. I I couldn't get through this guy for a very long time uh, because I couldn't. I didn't know like at what point do I turn or like I, I kept making this S shape and kept getting eaten. Like how, how did you guys fare with him?
0: I I think what was it? What was interesting was I didn't realize that he was homing at me at first. I think that took like a death and a half to realize. <laughs> and then I and then I also after finding that out, all of a sudden I was like, but I'm never going to be able to shoot him unless he comes back to the exactly. right side. For for those who have a hard time imagining it, you have this snake-like creature who comes in from the right side. You can, you have to aim for his head. You get maybe a few shots and then he's like on the screen just kind of yeah. chasing you.
1: 80% of the time is going to be behind the direction that you're shooting.
0: So the only way to really get about him is to kind of start in the right and then drift over to the left, trick him so that he goes to the left side of the screen and then comes out the other end, the right end. Yeah. And so uh, I think that it's not an incredibly hard final boss by any means. Uh, it's hard but for me. No, no, no. Uh, meaning like it just takes a lot of patience, a lot of strategy. It's something that like I don't think that we have necessarily. <laughs> I like have I think no a lot strategy. of strategy. A lot of times I like to just rush in on things. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of press X to win. I yeah. love to just like just beat things to a to a pulp and not really think about like, oh, and my defensive strategy is this and I'm going to equip these things because I need this. It's like, no, I'm just going to attack him till he dies. You must
1: be really bad at smash. Um, excuse you. <laughs> I don't have strategy, Mr. Mike. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. I think I'm pretty
0: good at smash brothers. Uh <laughs> anyway, I I think that, that 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 was like for me
2: that was the thing, but I was able to beat him, so I'm pretty proud of myself.
3: Yeah.
0: yeah. Joe.
2: Well, like I said, I only got to level 5, okay? <laughs> but when after when I watched some like footage of it, I kind of realized like, oh, like I was actually I was pretty close to the end. I, I just figured there was a lot more to it, which is why I stopped. But um so I I didn't face him. So I, I don't know what it's like to face him. But I do want to say that even though I I didn't move on, you get continues in this game. So you you can take your time and you can die and keep going and whatever I feel like a lot of games haven't done that for us yet so remember
0: when that used to be a big thing for us I mean like we're you know we're like finally
1: continues
2: yeah Yeah. we're
0: so many we're in so many episodes now but early on that was like a make or break feature for a game was like where does it let you continue from does it start you over from the very beginning and now it's like we're barely like how many minutes are we into this episode and we're just finally talking
2: about it right but I, I think still that think so that, I still think we're gonna be playing a lot that don't have continues. Coming absolutely, up and it's gonna be frustrating. Yeah,
0: but I thought this was yeah that was great because uh, you know I'm not gonna pretend like I did it all in one shot. I, yeah. I abused continues <laughs> uh, like crazy, and I also you know if I'm being honest, I abused the juggling system too. I really I really made sure that I was getting the best power ups as soon as I could, and I didn't mind dying because I knew that I would just be able to continue yeah, right from right. where I left off. You need the best power-ups to continue yeah. moving on. Because it is yeah.
2: devastating, especially if you kind of do what I did, where in level one you get all the power-ups. And it's it's not too hard to keep those power-ups for the first couple levels, but then once you first lose those power-ups, if you're in, like, level three or four, and suddenly you're back to, for the first time, you're back to your base level, It's it's devastating to be like.
1: One thing I would like to mention, though, about death and recovery this was
0: going to be the next thing that we were going to talk about so i'm glad you're bringing it up yeah uh
1: one thing that we gave gradius flack for was that as soon as you die and you're with all of your powers like you better just reset the game because you're not going to be able to get past like level four uh, with your little pea shooter um but with this game you do have a recovery mechanic um that when you die you can go and pick up your ghost and get your stuff back
0: yeah, it's it's actually like the soul of it is the
1: ship. Dark Souls.
0: <laughs> it's Dark Souls, like, but also way before Dark it's Souls came Dark up Souls. with the idea. It's like, no, I just I love this. Uh, a little ghost ship. You know, if you die at the very top of the screen, it's gone. Oh yeah. But if you die at the bottom of the screen, you have a good chance to like re-catch it, and then you can basically like dodge the enemies, dodge everything else, collect your soul, and then you get all your power ups back. And then what's really neat is if you did collect it, the next time you die, you won't be able to get the soul again. It's like a, mm-hmm. a one-catch right. thing. It's not in a system you can abuse. But I do like that if you die and you don't catch it, and then you die again, you have a chance at the new soul if it has any power-ups. Yeah, It's just, it's just a really neat thing in a game that I, you know, that now that's like a feature that I was like, oh, why didn't Gradius have that?
1: Exactly. You know?
0: Like yeah, it's very it's very like to that universe, that cartoon style, like silliness of like a soul to your ship. <laughs> but I, I I just I was really blown away by that, and i'm I'm kind of surprised yeah. it us this long to talk well, about it, but I'm glad uh, we got it in there.
2: A lot of things about this game. this might be a little going on a tangent, but a lot of things about this game oddly remind me of cuphead. Okay. I mean, the the, the, the the weird bosses, both in design and in, like, the way you fight them. And this, I didn't even think of that. But, yeah, the soul thing, when when you're playing two-player and Cuphead, same thing happens where your your partner has to grab your soul to, like, bring you back down. Absolutely. And, and yeah. There's a lot of, that's just, like, I'm, as we're going, I'm, like, finding more and more things that, like, make, that remind me of it. And it is, it it, is a cartoony yeah, style. Yeah, the art style in, in general. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I'm jumping ahead here, um, but did anybody play or at least take a look at the multiplayer? Joe and I did take a look at the two-player. And what—because I didn't play it or, or even see any footage of it. Uh, does the does the game actually change the animation of your firing if you get on, into the same spot and do the—what's um, it called? The uh, they, they had a word for it in the manual for when you shoot from the same spot on the screen— it's like a oh a ripple gun. Like
2: does uh, that You mean, know, we did yeah. see
0: that. I yeah, because
2: we, we had a broken controller, so we didn't know how to get very well. Well, but
0: but are you talking about it's like a special attack for only for two players? Or? Yeah,
1: I think if you if you combine your strength and, yeah. c- and go into the we, same spawn, it the screen, was a big
0: explosion, yeah. Is it was, that the ripple attack? Yeah, I guess okay. that's what it was. Huh. And it cleared out a whole wave of enemies. That's wow. really cool to see. Uh that's so, yeah, I remember I said what was that? yeah because we, like, we
2: played for like ten seconds, and then the controller wasn't working, but I do remember like I was just more focused on the fact that I couldn't move, yeah couldn't it also, move like that forward, was a very but...
0: stylized attack too It was yeah. like this yellow like like long rectangle thing that showed up on the screen, and I was like, oh,
1: so yeah, the longer we talk the yeah. the more little goodies yeah, come out a of a this lot, very a simple a in, system
0: yep and, and uh I would be i think it now would be a great time to also just mention that in the Japanese version uh this was a three player game I did really? read about that. That is awesome. Come on. Who, who, what do you do with the third? The third player, player is also a ship. Just the all third three ship. of them okay. on the screen at the same time. And now that's crazy because the Famicom uh, just got the like accessory that you add on to add four. Yeah, the multi-tab to add four um, controllers. And they managed to program three ships into. And that's why that cutscene has three controllers. Uh, Fighters talking to each other because right. you can have up to you three. Those three. People. But yeah.
2: obviously the, the levels don't get any harder, right? The levels or- don't
0: get any harder. This- um, one thing that they took out of the American version of the game was uh, a difficulty select. You start on normal in the American version, and then once you beat the game, you unlock the hard mode. It's immediately like the stage eight because yeah. there's seven stages, and then it just goes right to the next stage, which is the That's first odd. one again. But it's now on hard mode. Uh, the Japanese one did let you choose between normal and hard and I mean that's pretty much Stinger in a nutshell so I, I kind of you know we've been talking so much about uh, Gradius throughout this game maybe we could just talk about like the differences and difficulty between this and Gradius because you know we loved Gradius but we didn't uh, we didn't beat that one but we were able <laughs> we were able to kind of get our way through uh, Stinger one way or another no matter how many
2: continues it took. So what does that say, guys, about these two games? I don't know. I mean, Gradius was definitely more difficult, but I think that it was, for the most part, welcome difficulty. Like, like I thought, some of Stinger was maybe a little too easy. At least, at, at least with all the power ups at the beginning, um, I can't remember. In Gradius, don't get continues, right? Uh, the, no, you you get continue. continues. Okay, yeah. then yeah, mm-hmm. then I think that most of the difficulty in Gradius was not frustrating, if I remember correctly. Like, I think this could have benefited from a little more difficulty.
1: I think that um, the the fact that both these games have continues makes both of their uh, inherent difficulty easier to swallow. Because even this game, it just we keep saying that it's it's easy, but that's only in comparison to Gradius, right? Yeah, definitely. But, it definitely
2: it would be a lot harder if you couldn't continue. Yeah
1: these these games would be maddening if you couldn't continue. Um, but I think that you know I think that they're not equal, but they both have enough difficulty for it to be a challenge and fun at the same time
0: yeah and i i don't really have much to add there uh i definitely think that these two games are held together because it's both konami it's both around that same time it's kind of like for the nes at least it's our standard for shmup uh you know capcom came out with 1942 but we didn't necessarily like love that one and i think maybe that's because it had something to do with being like Trying to ground itself more in reality, while these had like fun yeah, the, with with uh, the idea. I
1: hated nineteen forty
0: two. Okay, that's totally fine to to hate on nineteen forty two, but uh, I think I think if you're asking me to choose between the two, I think thankfully there's enough difference between them. Uh, you know, even f- and that's impressive from a developer standpoint too. That it's not like Konami made Gradius and then uh, Data East comes out with uh, with Stinger. You know, like, it's it's interesting that the same company is able to make two games that are, are pretty different from each other in the respect that I would say, like, well, some people are going to like Gradius more and some people are going to like Stinger more. Mm-hmm. You know, you're definitely going to need to be a fan on some level uh, of, like, the idea of, like, a shooter that gets, like punishingly hard yeah uh towards the end of it because that, that puts off a lot of people those bullet hell games and i don't think that either one of these becomes like the level of like ikaruga N- no. does no, those uh, are today
1: parodies of themselves yeah
0: exactly but uh but i definitely think like later later stages will kind of make you uh yearn for stage one the one that we've been talking about like why is stage one so easy it's like just chill man yeah like, like isn't Wearing it nice that you get a nice break yeah yeah <laughs> Uh, and that's all I have to say about the difficulty. Uh, One and thing Gradius. I will
1: also say about the difficulty, not in comparison to Gradius, but something that I think was a good quality of life uh, feature, was once the level's over, you get a rest period uh, before uh, you go into the boss. Like, you can put the controller down for a second. Loosen up the your joints yeah. and, and then have a seizure I was and then just have have say a that seizure. because we've
2: had some seizure inducing things in some of these games, but this was like i not n I kid you not when it would get to the point where the that slowdown happens i turn around i look away i'm not even kidding because i can't <laughs> handle how quickly these flashing lights come at you i turn around and watch the shadows on my wall flash until the and moment. then you imagine
0: it happening on like a crt yeah, you know yeah,
2: like, yeah, like a, right. like
0: a big one back in the day and it, the kids like writing up on the yeah. screen
1: <laughs> and it's very similar not very similar uh, it, it's similar to me only because i've been playing it recently but uh the game thumper uh which is just this like not theory inducing it it puts you in a sort of manic uh, Zen state, I guess like a state of flow. Uh, it's but kind of a rhythm game. Right? It's a rhythm game, but it it's also uh, it tests your endurance uh, in in terms of like how hard you can grip a controller. but every few segments of a level, they will just give you a, like a thirty second rest period. And I think that with games with this sort of twitch, needed in them. It's it's good to have that just built in. Um, but that's that's all I had to say on that.
0: Oh, okay. That was nice.
1: I like that. And we got a chance to talk about the seizures. Yeah, I love uh, seizures, yeah. seizing seizing.
0: I don't think anybody ever had a seizure playing this game, but I can't say that with certainty. <laughs> People you never, never can. Did. Yeah. Uh so if you guys will humor me, I'm gonna go into the whole like uh deep lore. Se- yeah, the sequels and spin offs and other <laughs> franchise related things. I'm just gonna unplug my mic. <laughs> Great. Uh, Well, I'd love to hear your reactions, (laughs) if you don't mind. (laughs) Um, You know, because I think this stuff is interesting. Uh, So, obviously, Stinger, as we mentioned, is part of the Twin B line, and uh, we'll never get another one. Uh, We will never get another one in the United States.
1: Um, Mostly just because of how Konami is,
0: and also because it never happened. Uh, Twin B 3. Twin B3 Poco Poco Daimau uh released uh, <laughs> Dai on Uh I don't know why I said that weird, but I was expecting some extra vowels. Uh, that released on the Famicom in 1989. So maybe one day we'll like explore that as a bonus episode or something mm-hmm. see how they see if the formula got better. <laughs> uh I didn't check that one out before the show so that didn't happen but Twin B3 is the last one for the Famicom and then the Twin B series continues on the Game Boy, the Super Nintendo, uh the PlayStation, the Sega Saturn. Wow. But all Japan only. Never mm. any of these games this came game to North America again. That. So it makes me wonder. Are yeah, there
1: sales figures
0: for Stinger? There are no sales figures for Stinger that I could get access to. Um but I have to imagine that, uh, you know, in a library with only two other shmups, it must have sold okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, especially when one of them is its own uh, company's game. Like, <laughs> how bad could it have done? But um, everything ends for Twinbee with Twinbee RPG <laughs> 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 on PlayStation 1, um, a spin off of the Twinbee Shoot 'em Up series featuring a storyline based on. The Twin Bee Paradise audio drama serial.
1: <laughs> it was a radio play.
0: Yes. Uh, that brings me right into the radio drama. Began airing on the radio station NCB on October 10th, 1993.
1: Again, this is Japanese only. Yes.
0: Okay. <laughs> we'll never understand what they said. <laughs> we'll never be able to, uh, to know the plot. But the series lasted three seasons. Uh, How long is a season? Right. That's what I wanted to know, too. How much plot could there be? <laughs> the third and final uh, season concluded on March 30th, 1997. Uh, and com- So it comprised of a total of 96 episodes, which were re- later released in CD collections. Wow. So uh, if you're a Twin B fan, you can get in on that. But you're like, Mike, I don't know Japanese. <laughs> Clearly nobody is going to reread all 96 episodes in English. <laughs> But somebody did. I heard there's an anime. Oh, yeah, there's a Twin Bee anime. <laughs> you heard that right? And that makes sense, right? It's, a, it's so cartoony, and that makes a, a bit, lot
2: more sense than a
0: radio drama. than a radio drama, right? Because uh, what's that,
2: the what, what's the decision making there? Where you're like, oh, there's probably a lot of crossover between our like shoot 'em up game and people who want to listen to radio drama. You don't know like, Japan in the yeah, 90s. I
1: know yeah, that's yeah. got to be something that we just don't have a handle on because I I'm struggling to to. To understand the concept of a 90s radio play. Right. It, was that a thing? I mean, yeah, the masked, um, what was, who was that? Uh, no, no, that's from the
0: 30s, but you know, like the, um, the Masked Avenger. The, the Lone Ranger. Yeah, the Lone yeah, Ranger. Yeah, the, <laughs> uh, the Masked Avenger. Is that what you said? Yeah. Um, the anime was interesting because we got two films, okay? One that ties into the Super Famicom game,
1: one and that then, crossover yep. with <laughs> Dragon and Ball the, Z.
0: No, the other one is it ties in with the OVA series. Um and the OVA series is Twin Bee Paradise. Uh it's based on the radio drama of the same name so if you can understand where I'm going with all this. Basically, we have a radio drama that had 96 episodes that then got an anime which had uh only 3 episodes. <laughs> uh and then that radio drama which then became an anime also got a film. <laughs> So so, there's all that going on, and then oh, there's a manga as well. So if you want to read the Twin Bee manga, you can also get uh, in on that.
1: They pushed hard with this thing.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it, I watched an episode. Uh, it was all in Japanese. There wasn't even an English sub. <laughs> uh, but I watched an episode, and I'll tell you, it was bizarre and didn't resemble anything I could understand.
1: Did were they fighting household objects?
0: They the were sky? barely fighting. There was just a lot, like there was um, there was a lot of talking. Uh, there was a lot of like hanging out at a at a cafe, a cafe, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and the ships that they get in. Oh, and how could we forget that the OVA, which was based on the um, the radio drama, which was uh then turned into the Twin B RPG on PS One. So it's like everything comes full circle with this. Guys, are you sad that you're never gonna be able to experience half this stuff?
1: I could barely. I could barely understand half of that. It was, just a, it was just a flood of information.
2: Yeah, I feel like just knowing all that stuff exists is entertainment enough <laughs> for me. I, I live for this stuff.
0: It was like when we had um, a 20-minute talk about Athena and then a 40-minute talk about everything she's been in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, let's go right into the Essential Games list. I have a feeling... That this is going to be a tough one for you, some of you people. I have People know my stance on the Essential Games list now if they visit the website. Uh, I, I kind of cleared that up in the Metroid uh, talk where I was kind of like, look, the Essential Games list is going through a change right now. Let's make sure we don't screw it up with Stinger. So, Joe, take me through it.
2: So you mentioned that the Essential Games list is going through a change. And and I think that's kind of alluding to the fact that I, I talked to Mike earlier and mentioned that I've been rethinking at least the way that I look at the essential games list, uh, because we always say it's about what's worth playing today, but we we don't necessarily always represent it that way. Uh, sometimes sometimes that can be really tough. But I do think that when we get to the best of eighty seven episode, I, you know I'm going to have at least some suggestions for kind of a spring cleaning. I, I don't think it'll I don't think it'll actually be spring, but. But like, I'll have some suggestions for uh, a cleaning of the essential games list. Uh, So with that in mind, this game was great. And we obviously are all very high on it. And we compared it to Gradius a lot. But I think the major difference between this and Gradius for me, which I talked about a little bit already, was the weird difficulty curve. Because as fun as I thought the power-ups were and, and interesting as they were, I found that uh, you know, if I had a bunch of power-ups, the game was really easy. I mean, specifically some of the boss battles that we talked about, uh, what was it, Sigmund, Squidman. So so some of those boss battles were just a little too straightforward and too easy with the power-ups. And then on the flip side, when you die and lose the power-ups, the difficulty spike was so crazy that it almost made me want to start the game over just to get the power-ups back. So that created a little bit of an unbalance that is ultimately why I kind of lost interest in the game and, and didn't even finish. Uh, and that's kind of what sets it apart for great from Gradius for me. And to be totally honest, I obviously really enjoyed this game, but when I stop to think about it, I can't really see myself ever playing it again. I loved playing it once, and I'm very high on it right now, so I definitely think it's a play it, probably as close as a play it can come to being essential without exactly making it. So I think it just sort of misses the mark for me.
1: All right, Sean? Okay, um, I would like to preface this with uh, a statement that once again, I do not appreciate being bullied into voting the way that you want, Mike. I I, I dislike this. Uh, like you know, we want this, so vote accordingly. Like I get it. I get how it's supposed to be, and I try my best.
0: To I get live it that just way. so you know. This is actually what I wanted. The <laughs> drama. Okay, I can't wait for this to <laughs> like, be on every. You're just a manipulator, every Mike. Every you're just a manipulator.
2: Because that's the thing. It's like. Everything I just said was written down, but it, now it sounds like my my opinion was covered. This by whole thing is scripted. Thought. And the funny thing, I said a lot of that stuff to you earlier, Mike.
0: It's true. Sean saying this whole thing is scripted was part of the script. It's actually line
1: 83. Like only 83. How wide, how wide is the paper? You don't get many lines, Sean. Whatever. All right. So, again, uh, if we're going to talk about the Essential Games list as a concept, in all honesty... I play more modern games than I play retro games. If the essential games was just for to me, like games that I would just pop on at any moment and not have a like a an asterisk that said like it's only retro games, like I there wouldn't there'd be like five that I would add total probably. Mm-hmm. So, no, I'm I'm giving I'm giving these games a bit more leeway uh because if I'm going to have my NES I'm going to be playing Stinger, Sting- and I think that going back into what I I sort of had prepared in my head before we started talking about the essential games list uh, in the macro level, I think that Stinger, while it is sort of the the less polished, goofy cousin of Gradius, I had I had a significant I had a significantly more amount. I had a significantly bigger amount of fun with Stinger than I did with Gradius. I still really liked Gradius, and I still think it deserves to be an essential game. And the the idea that that the essential games list at this point would have two shmups on it is weird to me uh, that I voted for. uh, But I am voting for Stinger to be an essential game. I I had a blast at this game. I played it longer than I played a lot of these games. So, yeah, that's my vote. I love it.
0: It's very interesting, and I think everything that you said, I, I, I think the biggest takeaway for me is that, and this is important, the Essential Games list is different to each person, and it should be. That's what makes it such a fun and interesting thing. If we all come in and just say, vote how Mike wants it, right, that's weird, but we might as well just ask me my opinion. So I like that, like, your idea of the Essential Games list is different than Joe's idea, which is different than mine, and, like... I'm sure the listeners at home. I've had people tell me I can't believe Wrecking Crew isn't on the Essential Games list. You know, it's like everybody's gonna have an opinion, and at the end of the day, we're just trying to come up with like some kind of, you know, NES canon, right? That works in modern times. Not like oh, these were the best games at that time. These these are the games that are still fun. That's yeah. how I view the Essential They're still, Games it's list. It's still fun. These are the games that are still fun, and I kind of I said this in a post on the Metroid. Um, uh, on uh dot what I said was, an, I, an essential game is a game that even though it's limited to the scope and constraints of the system it was designed for, it still brings great gameplay, tight controls, and pushes the medium forward. And if we're considering the medium here, NES like you know that not like even just video games, but just like pushes the whole conversation of like what this home console experience is and with the NES, I'm gonna vote yes. I'm going to put this thing on the essential games list absolutely because I think that it fits all three of those things. And I think that, you know, uh, an argument keeps coming back to Metroid because I didn't vote for that on the list, and that's because I didn't think it had great gameplay and tight controls. I thought it had good gameplay and fun controls, but I don't think it still held up as well in, you know, in modern times as as the later Metroid games do. This on the other hand I think is like it's the right amount of like fun and cartoonish and like the the gameplay is consistent throughout and even though the difficulty ramps it ramps accordingly stage 1 is it's easy stage 2 is just a little tougher it's not like all of a sudden you're just met with this wall there's continues the bosses are fun they're beatable without like a, a you know a wide range of power ups there's so much that this game is offering that I like it just as much, if not more than Gradius, but I'm gonna say just as much. And I don't, I don't care like how what genres get fulfilled. I don't think at the end of like this nostalgia, we have to look at like okay, so 716 games yeah. and we never put a puzzle game on it. It's like who cares? We're never yeah. gonna put yeah. a puzzle game. Sure? Yeah. Tetris is gonna show up. Um, anyway, I think like. That's why I'm putting this on the Essential Games list, and two out of three does put it on our Essential Games list, so it, is, it is up there. But I think, again, this is a fluid conversation. I'm not saying that Stinger will still be on my mind two, three years from now. This could be something that because I'm experiencing it for the very first time right now, I'm really hot on it. And a game that I would have given a great review back yeah. in 1987, and I'm giving it a great review right now. Who knows if I'm going to still love it in two years after we've played a lot more? I think that's the interesting thing about anybody's list of favorite games. Is like when I was a kid, nothing was taking Kingdom Hearts 2 off my number one game of all time. Now it's still a great game to me, but I don't think it's like the most polished, defined game ever. I was a kid. Yeah. You know, I like different things, and you're going to continue to like different things. And, you know, Joe, you feel like I feel like you want to say
2: something. No, well, I feel like in general, with a lot of games, like, especially in the past, like I feel like I'm a lot of times more likely to give games a pass on things. And that's that's one thing that I've been kind of looking back on, like some games that are essential. I'm like, am I ever going to play that again? Like, do I even care about this? <laughs> these games, some of these games? So I'm kind of thinking about this. Like I did have a lot of fun playing it, but like, I mean, I'm probably never gonna play this game again, like, yeah. unless it's like unless I'm sitting there with only like NES games. But like, if I have options to play other things, this is probably not on my list.
0: I just struggle to think of, and maybe this is who I am as a gamer. I very rarely replay any games. Like, there are very few get like like I love Metroid Prime. I love The Witcher Three. I love um, <laughs> uh, Star Wars: Knights of the Old Republic. Right. Those are three games that are just like. I don't. I played them each once, and I doubt right. I'm going back. Right. to them.
2: Well, I've actually yeah. those played Kotor a few times. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I can be that way with games too. But this is a game that I haven't even finished, and yeah, like, I can understand. go back and finish yeah, yeah. it. But I'm, I'm like, go I'm not. It. Yeah, it I, was I think, fun for, as something that I was doing that I would like, I needed to do for the podcast, and I had a great time. But I'm never going to be like, what am I going to do with my free time right now? Play. Oh, finish it. Yeah. 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 Right. <laughs> I,
1: I think what you're trying to say right now is hashtag impeach Slalom 2019.
2: Well, I'm saying that there will be some thoughts. There will be some thoughts in the future. Um, but you know, we it's we already out there I already table. had I already had an excite Can we bike get that trending mic. I already had an excite bike debacle and uh <laughs> and that was looking back on that that was can We, we just, were just delete blind. that episode. Yeah, like, we were just <laughs> blind. I think those first five episodes, guys. Yeah.
0: If you guys want to, if listeners want to revisit them, they're a they're a joy. Okay? <laughs> yeah. The first episode, ten yard fight, was recorded on one microphone with all of us <laughs> shouting. into was It wasn't really. I forgot. Yeah. it was one microphone, That's right? Because uh, our audio producer Chris, uh, who's here, uh, he showed up a little late that day, <laughs> so we couldn't <laughs> wait for him, and we recorded the first oh, two episodes right. uh, on on the Blue Yeti microphone
2: because I was missing my mic
0: stand. No, I'm saying like <laughs> think of I'm saying like, think about how think about how silly we were being. And we then just like, like, "Oh, we need to record right now. <laughs> Chris doesn't have a mic
2: to defend himself. We can just say whatever and they can't hear him." Yeah. Um,
0: okay. This was great. Guys, where can we find out more about nostalgia?
2: Burped into the microphone. Uh, you can find <laughs> can
1: more information about nostalgia at NES Dot com. Or email Mike at
2: <laughs> just email me,
1: just just email him <laughs>
0: uh, at nostalgia at g nostalgia cast at gmail.com. Yes, uh, N E S T A L G I A cast.com. I like saying, I like spelling it out, but like, it's nice, it's but it's there on the podcast. Yeah, like you're, you're it, reading it right now if you're looking at your, at your, your phone. phone. Yeah, um, but I will spell it for you every time. In fact, call me, um. That's Anna's and Nancy. Five five five. Nostalgia <laughs> Cast. That's N e s t l a, t a l g i a t l s. We're getting off topic here. Did you guys know that um, Nostalgia Cast currently does not have any food products available for sale?
1: <laughs> <laughs> we're we're working on uh, a proof of concept. Yep. Of, of uh of a candy bar. I think uh, we wanted to tell the listeners, right? It's going to be very exciting, yeah. yeah. We were thinking got, maybe a nostalgia mm, soup. Yeah,
0: The Legend <laughs> of Candy. Uh, it, it's a little bar that we're making. Um, no food on the actual inside. We're just working on the wrapper. The right candy
1: now. bar right now is uh, it's chocolate, but once you bite into the chocolate, uh, it's got uh, what's the alphabet soup? You know that the alphabet soup yeah, stuff? Yeah. But, you know, just the... Uh, Uncooked noodle portion. (laughs) You
0: know, that sounds like a lot of content. Yeah, it is. You know know where else you can get a lot of content? Wikipedia. Our Twitter page. uh, And that is uh, at NostalgiaCast. Uh, I post a lot of weird content there. Um, We've done blowouts for a lot of games recently, uh, especially the bigger games, Castlevania, Metroid, Legend of Zelda. Um, Those games got bigger blowouts, but all the time I'm just trying to post weird stuff that you wouldn't find on your own.
1: Uh, also, don't forget to check out my SoundCloud. Which is? Um, okay. Great, Sean. Let's try
0: not to plug things that don't exist, okay? <laughs>
3: it's
0: hard enough getting a candy bar in production. Now we got to make a SoundCloud.
1: <laughs> Why aren't we on SoundCloud? I don't know. How hard
0: is it to get a candy bar? too busy trying to figure bar? out
2: how to get the ghosts out of NES baseball. <laughs> what were you saying, Joe? I said, how hard is it, is, is it to get a candy bar in production? Do we know?
1: I, I will have to do some more uh, due diligence. I'm not yeah, sure.
2: This feels very post showy.
0: Yeah, I think I think we're we're, we're bordering that uh, topic right now. But I'll tell you right now, you don't need to like. We could start a candy bar production tomorrow. You need an oven and a tray. You know, like it sounds like it's a very easy thing to do. We're taking the, the alphabet noodle soup. We're crushing it together, and then we're pouring chocolate but it over it and heating it to, get heating it to un... 400
2: degrees. But alphabet soup's already cooked in the can, so we'd have to find somewhere where we get the uncooked. Noodles. Or we
1: can flash freeze the
2: noodles and
1: (laughs) because they need to be
0: uncooked i like it. it's flash freeze the noodles by the time you
1: get it it's going to be warm and moist this
0: is just this is just a hot nes tip uh if you are having trouble with the metroids in metroid you can use your ice beam uh to flash freeze them and that's probably the only thing that'll take them down good one that's just yeah you can call the hotline 555 nostalgia cast. Uh, that's Comped. too many buttons. <laughs> yeah, it's too many <laughs> buttons for a phone number. But call it. See who you reach. <laughs> um, I'm Michael Esposito. You can find me on at Esposito Film on Twitter. I rarely post. But I will be talking to you soon.